Lord, I thank you for everybody here and just worldwide people who you are calling to yourself and to your family uh, because of what your son did for us. My prayer is that we would no longer put our plans in front of yours. Uh, my prayer is that we would see your plan and accept it and be willing to surrender uh, anything that was conflicting with you, God. Uh, just the same way that maybe your plans were conflicting with the Jews' plans 2,000 years ago. So uh, that's my prayer, God, and uh, pray that you would be honored tonight and glorified both in here and uh, with the kids teaching, God, and that we would honor you as a church. Uh, you have your Bible. Open it up, turn your phones on, lift to Matthew, <coughs> or Google your phone to Matthew, Jody and Dave, <coughs> Susie and Tracy, Google your phone, Google your phones, Matthew 5, picking up where we were last week, where Jesus reveals what the person of God looks like. He reveals it by saying, who is blessed? And the character that he describes may not have been what the Jews were expecting, right? What are they expecting? What are they waiting for? They're waiting for the Christ to come and rescue them. They've been waiting a long time, and they're waiting for the kingdom to be established. Because as of this time, when they when they were there, they were under oppression, under oppression uh, by Rome. And so this is Matthew talking. Matthew was a tax collector, didn't have a great reputation, but Jesus called him anyways. Okay, so uh, I told y'all last week if you think you don't have anything to offer God, you don't have an excuse. Look at Matthew. So let's jump into it. What is Matthew's aim? Let me just remind you, his aim is to tell the Jews that Jesus is the one that they've been waiting for. Contrary to maybe popular belief or opinion, because what Jesus is teaching is not what they were expecting. Who Jesus is, what he looks like, is not what they were expecting. So as we step into today, is Jesus... Him working in your life, what he's doing in your life, is it what you're expecting? Let's look at it. We left off, so he described the character of the person of God, and then not only that, but he said to them, you are the salt and light, and what does that mean? But that they're going to be the method of spreading his message. And what is his message? That he lifts up those who are low. That his heart is for the hurting and for the humble. And that they are going to the mean, they're going to be the means by which he accomplishes that. After Christ does his work and it's finished. So we pick up in verse 17 through 20. And I got stuck there. That's where I got stuck this week. Uh, I was planning on going through the rest where Jesus describes what it looks like. To be the person of God in real life. He gives real life examples, but I didn't even get that far. I got stuck. And 
minutes. So y'all are stuck with me. I'm sorry, but this is where we are. So as a Jew, I'm listening to Jesus and I've been waiting for the Christ to come rescue us, set us free from oppression, from persecution. We can be established again with our own kingdom. Right? No longer, no more suffering. Been waiting for him to come. I believe he's coming. And then there's this guy who, I think he's fulfilled some of the prophecies. Born in Bethlehem. Was Jesus born in the Virgin? I think so, man. Is this him? Dude, do you know how many people he's been healing? I know, right? Could this be him? But what were my expectations of him? What was he going to look like? What, what? Okay? So this is what the Jews are thinking. Who's going to inherit the kingdom? Right off the bat. Read with me in chapter 5, verse 3. Who's going to, whose is the kingdom? Who does it belong to? Come on, y'all, waiting on y'all. Poor in spirit. Who will inherit the earth? The meat. Let's just read a few more. Who's going to be like God in verse 9? Who's going to be just like God that they're going to call them sons of God? Peacemakers. Peacemakers. And the last verse, verse 10, or in that section, theirs is the kingdom? No. Jesus. Jesus. I'm no genius. Especially when it comes to economic or, or political agenda, right? But I'm just saying, this is about the worst idea I've ever heard. This is your plan. We need to stop persecution. We, we need to stop from being persecuted. We want to stop our suffering, not continue it. If he was a president with his campaign, this would be the one of the worst campaigns. I mean, what what was Obama's? Was it change or something else change? Was it? Hope and change. Hope and change. Or even uh, this last one we have now, Trump, his was Make America. Make America. Can't you have like something like with some hope? This is not giving me hope at all. Are y'all with me? All right, can you can you hear what they're thinking? Can you see that? And then not only that, he says the means by which the world is going to know him is going to be through our continual suffering. Because salt without saltiness is really worthless. And what he's saying is that the suffering is going to continue. This is going to help. Go to Isaiah. Or I got it right here. I'll try to hook you up. Isaiah 61. This is what they were expecting. 
The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Okay, this is Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Okay, the Jews are not hearing good news right now. Hearing the explanation of what the person of God looks like. To them, in their minds, okay? He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. This is good. This is what we want. And release from darkness. Did I see that right? And release from dark darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance. That's what I'm talking about. Yes! Of our God to comfort all who mourn. Where's that guy? thinking, where's that guy? The one who's going to set prisoners free. You remember when John was put in prison? It's in Matthew 11. I didn't put that one up there. But what did he ask his disciples to go ask Jesus? You remember? Is it you or not? And, and Jesus calls John the Baptist the best of the best of born of women. That's not, it doesn't get any better than that. And John himself Looks like he was expecting something different as well. He's in prison, but wait. Release from dark. Does anybody have a different version? Isaiah 61. Does anybody have it out? 61. Here's what John was saying before he's questioning if Jesus was the one. He's telling the Pharisees, y'all better get ready. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. Y'all better get ready. And gather his wheat into the barn, and he'll burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Y'all better get ready. A little bit later, John's in prison. Like, All right, Jesus, when are you going to let me out? The kingdom that they were expecting is not the kingdom that Jesus is trying to establish. Now, let's jump in verse 17 of Matthew 5. Let's see how that Look at that. <laughs> Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. <laughs> what is the summary of the law? Somebody tell me. Sum it up. Love God and love your neighbor, right? You don't even have to know hundreds of them. Love God and love your neighbor. I didn't come to destroy the law. Because look, in their minds, how are we going to reestablish the kingdom by being meek peacemakers? You can't. You can't establish their kingdom by being meek, by being merciful, by being peacemakers. You can't. Or the prophets. Prophets prophesying that the prophet was going to come and rescue them. Well, which is it? We have to love our neighbor. And now you're saying, in addition to that, I'm going to continue being persecuted. But he's also coming and it's you or is it not? And you're going to rescue us? Jesus is saying, I didn't come to destroy either. Both are going to be done. 
For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Why isn't everything accomplished yet? Here's why. Nobody could keep the law. Nobody could keep it. So every time you couldn't meet God's standards, His requirements, what did they have to do? They'd have to offer a sacrifice. With blood. Not just any blood. It had to be blood from a, a perfect sacrifice. He's going to accomplish that and fulfill it. And they won't have to do it over and over again. For eternity. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commandments and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Look, I don't know about Jesus or how he's going to reestablish the kingdom, but like, if we want to get it done, you know what we got to do. Don't, he's saying, don't teach. Don't start teaching now to disobey the law. Keep the law. The law is good. And I want to talk about the law in just a second. But whoever practices, whoever loves God and loves their neighbor, practices that, and teaches them, will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. We're doomed. So, I don't know how you're going to rescue us. Not only are you saying we're going to be, we're continually going to be persecuted. See, I thought you were the one that was going to rescue us. I'm starting to have my doubts. But now, you're saying, not only that, but I have to, my righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees and the scribes. How? How is that possible? Y'all know how it's possible. Were the Pharisees and scribes even really righteous? So then he begins. Let me let me he begins with the first one with murder. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, whoever's angry with his brother without a call shall be in danger of judgment. I'm not going to read all through it. But then he says to make peace with your adversary. <coughs> You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. I tell you, don't lust. All of these have a similarity to the law, but they're different now. How are they different? Y'all tell me. It starts from inside. So the law isn't bad. But here's what happens. Pretend this is like something with a shell. Say an egg. I don't know what else has a shell. Okay? Pretend this is a shell. And the shell, I mean an egg, and the shell is the law. You got me? You're trying to make this perfect spherical thing without any error and you couldn't do it you're approaching it from the outside trying to 
produce yourself this perfect form. And nobody could do it. And every time they messed up, they had an offer of sacrifice to atone for sins. Now, the new covenant, here's the new covenant, the new plan, the new policy that God's going to put in place through the one he's going to send. These days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. I will not make it like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Why? They broke that covenant. That one did not work. Though I was husband to them, declared the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law where? In their minds. And I will write it where? On their hearts. Is that the inside or the outside? The new promise, agreement, whatever you want to call it, covenant, starts from the inside now. And whoever is in Christ, when God looks at them, now he sees that perfect form. And the change is happening from the inside. And here's what's going to happen if you try to follow the law. For the sake of following the law is you can't keep it when you try to do it from the outside. That old covenant didn't work. The new covenant is where he places his law. You've heard it said, don't murder. Look, you need to watch in your heart, your anger. The new law keeps you from murdering by addressing your heart. I say, okay, well, I can do this. I can keep the law. I just don't have, just don't commit adultery. I can do that. They ended up breaking that too. The new law addresses it from the inside. Where, what is, where is your heart? What are you looking at? Y'all with me? Y'all see the difference? The approach from the outside compared to the approach from the inside? Did I finish that one? No longer will they teach your neighbor. Oh, yeah. No longer will you teach their neighbor, know the Lord, or, or let me teach you all of the laws. As if God wasn't going to put it from the inside, in your heart, teaching you like you already know what to do. You already know. Don't act like you don't know. Those who are surrendering their lives to him. So, why... Are y'all catching on? Why do we care about what Matthew is teaching the Jews? The kingdom that they were waiting for, that they were expecting, was economic, political development. But do you know where the kingdom is? It's not a location, but Jesus actually tells us where it starts. He says, it's in you. Not in everyone, though. You know who? It's it. Wherever God's will is being done is where the kingdom is. Wherever His will is being done is where the kingdom is. 
kingdom is not economic or political development. It's spiritual development that starts from the inside. And if you're, it's only capable of progressing or advancing with those that are in Christ. I'm just not sure if this is what I wanted. This isn't what I really wanted. What he's describing is not what I wanted. What he looks like, what he's telling me I should look like, is not what I really wanted. Where we might be in the same situation that they were in 2,000 years ago. Can I surrender to his plan and the person that he's calling me to be? Guys, taking me a really long time to grasp the idea of your kingdom and your will being done on earth the same way it's done in heaven. And I just pray for, for me and the people here in this church, uh, God, that we'd be willing to reevaluate uh, what we're expecting in this life and what we're what you expect of us. I pray that we could radically reevaluate what that's what, what your will looks like in our life. If we can so that's what I ask God. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.